Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. And this is the first time I think we've had a, a, a pre-call bump in music about the call. So we've got Ed on uh, in Haddam, who's got a question for us. Morning, Ed. You there? Is it Stu? It's Stu and Haddam. Oh, it's Sue and Haddam. Okay. Okay, here's a weird story. Yeah. 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I gave a talk at the Smithsonian while I was a fellow there about an article I published on the first use of computers for romantic date matching. Okay. And it was so funny. I published it previously at the Stanford Alumni Magazine. It was so funny they asked me to do a podcast a few months later. Awesome. I did a podcast. I read it. He put it on their website. That's in 2007. Yeah. Six months ago, my wife and I are visiting our son in Guanajuato, Mexico. Mm-hmm. We walk into his apartment. My wife plugs her iPhone 6 into the wall to charge the battery. Sure. And she hollers, come here quick, Stu. You're on the phone. And in speaker mode is me reading that article. Now, we didn't hear the very first second minute of what all this was, but somebody had also edited and put music in from a singing marching band I helped start 50 years ago. I mentioned in the article. I love it. Somebody had gone to the website of the band, which is mentioned in the article, lifted some music. In fact, yes, we have no bananas. Sure. Edited that in to this podcast. And we thought it sounded like they wanted us to subscribe to Radiolab or something. Wow. I spent weeks trying to get Radiolab to answer and tell me what's going on. They said it was never on their shows. I've had other people ask, how the heck did this happen? Yeah. So your wife just plugged in and you, you the podcast started playing. Like somehow Apple and Siri knew something you didn't know. Yeah, a, a podcast I made in 2007. Yeah. And then somebody edited and put music in. It was pretty clever, but... yeah. Who the heck did it? Well, that's a pretty interesting mystery. Obviously, if you're working, you're, you know, it's a, you know, you're, it's, a, it's a Smithsonian, right? So, I mean, the podcast, somebody must have found the information interesting. The fact that it got into your wife's podcast like that is a little bizarre, right? That's the thing that I find the most interesting. Editing your, your talk, especially if it was good and funny, you know, that doesn't surprise me so much because you could find some some kid intern at a radio station or wherever they're playing with the podcast do that i guess that might have really liked your show maybe you've got a super fan you know um, well it was podcast on the ieee electronics and you know, electrical engineers association computers 
Annals of Computing magazine in 2007. So somebody read that, yeah, pick, picked up the reference to the singing marching band. And there aren't many hundred-piece singing marching bands, correct? Playing twenties tunes <laughs> and splice that in. And then what's for? Well, I mean, you've clearly made you know something that sounds more than extremely boring, insanely boring, very interesting. To the point Why where, should an article about the history of computing be boring to you guys? Well, we're in the, we're, I'm just kidding with you. We're in the business. I'm just giving you a hard time. You've obviously, somebody is a fan of your work, clearly. I don't know how it ended up on your wife's podcast to play automatically, though. That's the, that's the creepy thing to me. Come out on her iPhone, and she thought somebody was trying to sell her to buy a subscription to something. But since we didn't hear the opening of it, we didn't know. Yeah. That's the that's the craziest thing. It's almost like some sort of marketing algorithm connected you, Stu, and your wife in some way to knowing that you're going to be really interested in this podcast. I, I don't know. It's a great story, but obviously you got a super fan. Is there a way for you to share your podcast that our audience might want to hear? Because the history of computers with the singing marching band edited up like that. Well, do you do you have that it? Was, that was in the. IEEE handles the history of computing magazine in 2007. I do have a book coming out in Chinese this month. In Chinese? So I don't think that'll have many fans. No, no, but do you have access to that podcast? Uh, I don't think so. Well, you must. It must be on on your wife's phone somewhere. Or do you did you not were you not able to get it again? Uh, I guess she didn't know how to get it. She's pretty good on stuff, but. Uh... Oh, I'd love to have it as a link so people could hear the history of computers with a, some sort of singing marching band as background music. I mean, it's interesting. What we did was we had 50 college males and females that we had a survey sort of, and then uh, they wrote this in machine language with the IBM 650. Yeah. And uh, they just IBM was using soap and cases soap. Soap too. These guys wrote a machine language, and we didn't have a really good algorithm. They just sorted the two closest, and then when you got down to the last two in the pot, a 19-year-old freshman player in the Stanford marching band was matched up with a 31-year-old divorcee with three kids. But they were the only two left. In any case, it was a genuine. They ran the 658 hours. It had a 2K memory drum. We up. You know, fill the whole room with air conditioning, and these guys picked the lock. Their class were given five minutes per pair use the whole semester. Wow. Well, that wouldn't run anything. So they ran all night long with uh, their pass key or their pick lock picks and ran <laughs> the whole thing. So it was quite funny. Yeah. And, and interesting, but. Clearly. Somebody must have used it in some sort of presentation. They found the information, found it as funny as you did, and then modified it. And these days, kids are – so think about it, Ed, uh, Stu. Think about it. These kids these days will steal content like, like crazy, right? So content, as far as they're concerned, if it's out there, it's theirs. So somebody found it and edited it up and kind of put it together as some sort of super fan, probably did a presentation on you know, how we, how we even survived computing back then and – made it into something that's out there. And then how it got to your Siri and Apple is the scariest part. There's got to be some serious marketing algorithms out there that uh, made it come up. Because we talk about this all the time. Is your phone listening to you, right? Is is your Android phone, is your Apple phone, maybe the phone... I'm talking to you on an original flip phone. Oh, okay. But your wife had, a, had an Apple phone, though. Maybe somehow... Yeah, maybe the perfect combination of margaritas and, and your name and marching band and IEEE came up and boom, podcast. I don't know how that happened at all. 
Anyway, guys, they thought somebody might have an answer how it comes out in Mexico on my wife's cell phone. I have no idea. It's got to be powerful, the power of the algorithm. But if you thank you, Ed, if you actually have that podcast eventually, if you find it, send it over. I'd love to hear it. I've got one about the uh, 14 months I spent at the South Pole with a Soviet expedition. That's on some guy's podcast. He says I had 500 people listen to it last week. You're like the Dosa Keys man. Uh, I I don't know, but (laughs) but. anyway, guys, uh, thanks for the yeah. Thank thank you, Stu. That was a great story. Right. Bye. 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 Computers, man, you, your stuff's just popping up all over the place. You never know. Well, it's like your phone, because they share the data. Yeah, you can be walking down the street in New York, and all these things coming up. All the restaurants that yep. uh, close by. Yep. Yeah, you might you might like this. You might like that. You might like this. You might like that. That's the that's the world we're living in. We're gonna take step out for a quick break. We got three lines open for you. We're here till eleven o'clock. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Have you ever been simjacked? We had Matt Miller talking about how he was simjacked and his entire cloud life was kind of thrown in turmoil. And they tried to steal $25,000 out of his bank account to buy bitcoins, to buy fake money. And did you ever have anything that that happened to you? Be interesting to hear. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here at 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let's get right to your calls. We've got uh, Bob in Ellington first. Hey, Bob. Bob, you there? Yes, I am. What's up, sir? Uh, so I have an HP Pavilion. Yep. Um, many years old and an HP PhotoSmart uh, 8450 printer. All right. That stopped talking to each other about uh, two or three weeks ago. The printers stopped talking to each other? The printer and the uh, laptop. I'm sorry. Okay. Are they wireless? Uh, no. Uh, and I have been able to prove that uh, uh, hooking up a separate laptop to the printer through the cable um, uh, works just fine. Okay. So the uh, did the uh, printer get a, a new IP? Or does it have the same IP? Is it static? Well, it's hardwired. It's hardwired. It's hardwired. USB. Exactly. USB, right? Oh, Not- it's USB. USB, exactly. Oh, okay. So, so I've run all the online uh, uh, diagnostics yep. uh, with no help, uh, contacted through the chat, uh, HP through the chat, mm-hmm. and uh, surprise, surprise, I'm uh, uh, outside my warranty. <laughs> yeah, so they want a credit card. Um, so what I would suggest is that you go to uh, HP and find that model of uh, printer, Mm-hmm. And download the latest drivers, then go into your uh, uh, control panel, find uh, programs and features, and find the HP drivers that suite, and uninstall the whole thing. Then reboot. Reboot, and start that new driver uh, program all over again. Wait until it tells you to plug it in. Make sure you unplug it before you right. start. Right, right. right. And so don't I've plug done, it into. Don't, I've done some of that unsuccessfully. Don't plug it into um, the same USB port. I can try port. it again. So usually you get the message that says uh, those drivers are already installed on the. Uh, it's a it's a Windows 10 system. Mm-hmm. So, so you you've got to remove those drivers. Okay. So when you uninstall, I, I, will, I will go through that process again. I'm not sure I was as methodical as I needed to be. Yeah, and don't use the same USB port. Try a different port. Maybe get a problem with the port. 
Yeah, I uh, I had that's one of my theories too. So okay. um, I was in the car and uh, I listened to you guys on a regular basis, and it popped into my head. Geez, I should call you. Yeah, well, I'm glad you did, and hopefully we hopefully we can get your printer working again. Yeah, so I, some of the forums uh, I've been unsuccessful with, uh, they basically, uh, you get some information and the people said, okay, I, I tried what you suggested unsuccessfully. So yeah. uh, and then you get the ones where it's still not working six months later. So uh, um, if, I'm, if I'm unsuccessful, uh, can I just uh, go to your website and see if you guys can help me out through that? Uh, yeah, you can send us an email at get help, uh, and we'll try to help you with some further ideas. Just give us the information of the things that you tried. Does this uh, laptop have network capability? Oh, yes. Is it plugged in? Yes. How about connecting? The only problem that's happening right now is the, the printer and uh, laptop just are not communicating. Right. I think Bob is getting, can the printer be networked? I'm, I... Yes, the printer can be networked. I have not gone down the path yet. Okay. So if you got a problem with your USB and you can't fix it that way, if you can network it, you can still get in and, and use that printer. Right. And Understood. it might be easier, actually, and less work. Yeah, as is a network printer, put the printer on the network and see if it sees it. Right, right. So if you know the IP... I, when, I, when I first got these... Um, that was something I was thinking of doing, and all I heard uh, from others is that was a nightmare. So, well, that's why we get paid uh, the will, big bucks, Bob. That. Sorry, that's why we get the big bucks. <laughs> hey, I heard that. I did hear that about you. <laughs> so, if you go and um, um, go go into your control panel, yeah, okay, yep. and uh, into your uh, devices and printers, and uh, create a new port. If you know the IP address of the printer, create a new port, okay. And yep. with, with the IP address of the printer. All right. And then go into the printer's property under ports and find the new port that you created and check that and, ch- and change the port from USB to your TCP IP port. Right. Uh, okay. I think I can work through that. All right. Yeah, a Thank couple things to much. try, Bob. You're welcome. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, also, the caller, Beth. Who called in from stores? Beth, we did find an article on your specific, well, Bob did, on your specific satellite but dating back to 2013 that actually has a specific res- uh, answer to a problem with the keyboard that you described, which both, I didn't think there was even well, a chance Well, there was a few that. keys that weren't, weren't working. Yeah. And then they go through the process of how to fix it on a Toshiba satellite. So, yeah. So, you might, Beth, try that as well if plugging in a USB external keyboard doesn't work. Give that a shot. Um, so we're always looking. We're always trying for you guys. <laughs> Even after we give you the answers, we're see- we, we double-check ourselves to see if we can give you more. Let's go to Al and Avon next. Hey, Al. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Uh, I, got some, I got a new phone, and I got a couple questions pertinent to this phone. All right. I also got a new laptop, and with it I threw on a uh, McAfee Live Safe. Mm-hmm. And the price of twenty something bucks. I got three different devices to use it on. Right. So I put one on this phone. Okay. My question is, I keep getting critical notifications. You got a bunch of important ones, but criticals are now starting to pop up. Help us protect you twenty four seven. Bottom line is, I I listen to your advice and I got Data Saver on. Yeah. Which seems to 
bring my bill down to like $2 a month with this phone. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, <laughs> it's kind of uh, irritating where this thing wants to run 24-7, and it says here, this app needs to run so you can get instant protection from threats. Yeah. Now, if this phone is off in the middle of the night in my desk, <laughs> why, why do I need to run it and waste the battery? You don't. So why am I getting a critical notification? Uh, from my, so from they, McAfee, you mean? Yeah. It depends on what they're trying to sell you. You're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so bottom line is that there's no ignore button on here for that one. <laughs> I think you can go into the settings and turn off the notification for that McAfee. Can I put it just specifically, or is that... Yeah, I think you can drill right down to the app under All your right, notifications. All right, I will find that. Yep. Yeah, this tells to pound sand. I mean... The chances yeah. are low. Uh, obviously, the chances are zero when your machine, your phone is off, that you're going to be impacted by anything. Right, and and it runs a scan every time I turn it on in the morning. So if there's yeah. anything right. nefarious, they'll find it there. Right, supposedly. They're just saying, "Hey, I can't see you, Al. I need you to connect. I need you to turn on the uh, internet." And all of a sudden, they're going to start cranking up your data usage. Yeah, in the oh, background. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's almost like they get a piece of the action from whoever your carrier is. It's. Right. It's like these apps are are the root cause of many, many sins in this whole mobile system. Oh, yeah. The more they can use data, the more they can consume, and the more they can you know figure out what you're doing, what you're yeah. buying, where you're going. I mean, my I remember when the, the, the battle was on between Google and Apple, and Apple reached 100,000, and the banners were flying. Mm -hmm. 100,000 today, you wish it went back to that. 100,000 what? Uh, apps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now it's what? Millions, right? Yeah, every time Dick and Harry's writing a map. Yeah. An app yeah. of some kind. And what, one last question. Yeah. Mobile hotspots. It says, for me to use them, uh, Comcast supposedly has 3 million around the country. Mm -hmm. But with, and it, they want me to turn the data saver off to connect to these. Well, that ma that makes no sense because no, a mobile. No, it doesn't. That's why I'm, I'm asking the geniuses. <laughs> yeah, um, you want to connect to the Wi-Fi hotspots that are out there, um, and so mobile hotspots might be different than an actual Wi-Fi hotspot. So that's maybe why they want you to turn it off. So don't turn it oh, off. No, they, 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 yeah, they want me to, to turn the data saver off. Right. Right. To connect to a mobile hotspot. But right. You want to connect to static hotspots. Those are that are offered by. You know your cable connections from all over, so I would I would avoid doing that. Don't worry about it, Al. Just turn, keep your data saver on. Keep your two, keep your money in your pocket, and uh, you should be fine there. Okay, so that's where I got confused. And yeah. the mobile hotspot is different than a regular Wi-Fi hotspot you'd find in in McDonald's. Ah, okay. That that's where I was getting confused. Okay. Yeah. All right, now I gotta go. Thank you. You're welcome, bye -bye. sir. Bye bye. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock, and then Dr. Lessie's going to come in with healthy rounds, and he'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. And then the Sox are playing in London against the Yankees. Go Sox, right, Matt? <laughs> Matt's not listening. We're going to go, <laughs> going to, go to your calls. I'm going to go talk to Paul in Ocala, Florida. What's going on, Paul? Good morning. How's everybody today? Doing fine. How are you, sir? Good. Appreciate your show. Thanks. Uh, I picked up a uh, TP-Link power line adapter, and I hooked it up, and it, it's terrific. Um, 
my router's in one room and 50-something feet away is through a couple of walls passed through a big screen TV is the um, yeah. computer in the garage. Yep. And so I plugged the adapter in, set it up here, brought it over there. I'm getting 80 megs down in the office, and I'm getting 74 megs down through house wiring. It's absolutely fantastic. Isn't that neat? I mean, the, the electric companies could almost offer us Internet soon as well, the yep. same using that same technology. So well, that's great. the question I have, though, is that I'm using OpenDNS, yep. and this uh, particular uh, model that I'm using has Wi-Fi as well. I can get the Wi-Fi signal, but I think there's some um, settings on the uh, DHCP or whatever settings that I need to change in order to get the Internet. I can go to the periphery of the house. I can get a good signal. And uh, oh, okay. You don't need it. I'm just not getting internet through it. Yeah, so you need to you need to properly connect that wi- that TP link to your Wi-Fi system so that it can broadcast and and kind of piggyback that 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 signal. It, can it maybe not see your Wi-Fi now? Do you have a Wi-Fi system, or does it offer Wi-Fi on its own? Because if it did on its own, you would already have it, right? Because you already you already have internet right to that device. So the question is, does the device take the signal that's get, coming over with the 72 megabit speed you're getting and offer its own Wi-Fi hotspot, or is the device having to see your existing Wi-Fi hotspot and drag that as well? I don't know. Do you know? Absolutely not. Otherwise, I would have said that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going to have to find out then. I mean, it, it's possible, again... Um, it, it, it's, would, would open DNS make it a little bit muddier? Would it no, cloud be obvious? No, no, no. Because no. your DNS signal, do you have a router in there now, Paul? Router yeah. in your home that you control? Yes. So you've just told your router, hand out the open DNS IPs, right? Yes. So you, no, it's not going to muddy anything. Um, that's n- not not even part of the equation. The, part, the problem is, does that TP-Link offer its own hotspot that is serviced by the the 72 meg powered connection, or must it drag the Wi-Fi signal and repeat it on the same SSID? And that's okay. the big question. So you'd have to check the manual on that. Bob, I probably is looking, I'm sure, right now to see if he can try to help you. But uh, it should it should be either you turn on, you know, flip a switch, turn on the Wi-Fi that it's offering, or you have to have it see the um, the other Wi-Fi network. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not uh, positive. It depends on the existing. Yeah, it's, I'm reading here about an article that was posted that Bob hit, sent over. Uh, it does seem to extend um, your Wi-Fi signal. So that's why I thought that I would be able to when I received um, when I found my um, SSID. I figured, okay, that I'm good. I got a good strong signal. I mean, you know, like a minus. Uh, 20-something DBM and all that, and I'm thinking, fine. Yeah. And then when they try to use it for Internet, I don't get it. Well, somehow your power line has to be connected to the Internet. So if it's just well, one outlet to the other outlet, that gives you uh, from point A to point B, but that's still got to be connected to the Internet. To the router. We're assuming you've done that, right, Paul? Yes, it's connected to the router. I had to bring both um, the adapter and the extender into the same room and uh, sync them, and it was right. and the adapt and the, and the adapter is now connected hard to the router, right? Yes. 
Okay, we have to ask these silly questions because, believe it or not, some people may not think that. Um, okay, so you've got that going. If it sees the SSID, it sounds like you're almost like 80% there. I think I am. That's why I called you for the other 20%. <laughs> well, if I set this exact thing up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you got to flip this switch and modify that little setting. I don't know exactly where in this configuration you've made an error. Clearly, mm -hmm. you've made an error. Um, if you do a search, if you do, you actually can bring, bring down an app. There's a Ubiquity app that we like. Um, okay. that you can see if, let me see the Ubiquity app, what it's called, Wi-Fi Man. It's a free app from Ubiquity. And if you bring up Wi-Fi Man down to your phone and go ahead and search the SSIDs that, you know, that are available, mm -hmm. you might find that this TP-Link is available. It's just the wrong SSID. Okay. I just noticed something. I'm looking at this um, paperwork, and I think what I have done is I've used the adapter and I think the adapter to the extender and I think I have the extender connected to the router and the adapter well that'll do it you hooked it up backwards I think I did <laughs> I'm looking at the paperwork I'm thinking oh the picture looks different on one side of the paper than the other oh you can't trust these I hate these pictures I mean I try to set up a gazebo and they have just pictures and you can't have a guy like me setting up a gazebo just by pictures it's a bad idea so yeah it's you a long way it's a long way from the insert tab A and slot B. Yeah. Up together. Yeah, so that's what happened. You've, you've got it backwards, kid. Okay. I, I'm glad I called because at least it made me look at the paperwork again, and I think I got it now then. Glad to help you. hope that works. I appreciate your show, and stay warm up there. Yeah, we are. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> All, right. All right. That's why Bob asked that silly question. You had him ask, is it plugged in right? I mean... Nope. <laughs> That's okay, though. We're, we're all human. Uh, let's go to Matt in Glastonbury. What's up, Matt? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm interested. I've heard you say before as far as upgrading the Windows 10 hmm. to have newer computers, and I wondered what you thought. I have a, a late vintage 2012, two Dell Inspirons, both one's an i5, one's an i7, and then I have a Latitude um, i5 from 2020. Actually, 2012 also. So seven years old. Yeah, but I mean, they, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I and I put an SSD in the i uh, the the Inspiron i7. Yep. Um, and I have a couple of SSDs that I was thinking of putting in the uh, the other Inspiron that has an i5, and then the Latitude that's an i5. But all right. Well, I'll give you our basic rule of thumb. The basic rule of thumb that I've been trying to go by is four years and younger. Try to upgrade. But but five years and older, don't bother. And and why do you say that? I mean, is it going to be too slow? Or the processor may not work. The boys at Microsoft and Intel have gotten together, and have made the operating system impossible to operate on a certain generation of CPU. Isn't really? that nice of them? Yep. Huh. So so if I tried one of them just for the heck of it, yeah. You know, for because it's I mean it's basically a hundred hundred and ten bucks whatever for a Windows license. Yeah. And versus you know if I bought a you know, equivalent laptop right, for right. four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, if I try, what what would I? I mean, if when you say it doesn't work, I mean, it may not even load if it's not going to support the processor. Period. So you know rather uh, quickly. Okay. Or it will work sort of where you're going to have network drivers that don't work, video drivers that don't work, your sound won't work, your mouse or keyboard won't work. Huh. Uh, or it'll work great. 
yeah. <laughs> all the above. <laughs> so it's hit and miss, basically. Yeah, it's too old uh, for me to give you any confidence in that upgrade. So I, I've always angled. I understand your point, but it's it's served its purpose. You know, you've gotten your amount of time out of those machines, and even if it, I would contend, even if it did work, it's gonna computers just break your heart every day. Yeah. There, you're going to be like, I got that. Uh, that Eric was telling me it wasn't going to work. I got it working. I'm running, and all of a sudden it just kicks. You know, the motherboard goes, the power supply goes, and then you're going to be like, geez, I'm out $110 in an afternoon. Right. You know, just buy the current system, and and hopefully it'll give you another five or six years of service. Yeah. That's where I angle. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I could ask one other thing as yeah. far as router. I have an older router too. It's a it's a, net, a Netgear. Um. You know. Uh, uh, whatever it was, uh, the five, the earlier five gigahertz. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, that thing is done. Yeah, well, well, that's what I was wondering. Are there new? I mean, I see all this stuff AC and yeah, other other things. I mean, is it worth yeah getting a new uh, router every time? You betcha. Yeah. yeah, only because unless unless all of your all your wireless devices are still eight years old, uh, if, <laughs> if if they're current, like if you have a current smartphone or current anything um, that comes into that network, you're giving them speeds that are so slow wirelessly. It's not worth it. So, and the security, right? The five G uh, that that machine has not been updated uh, for a very long time. Eight oh two. He's talking about eight oh two dot eleven G, right? That's what it is. Right. Yeah. We want to oh, go. We want G is three hundred. That's yeah. Yeah. He's pretty old. Pretty old. Yeah. So get a new one. And it's three hundred. G is uh, only like uh, fifty four. Yeah. Slow. Huh. Slow. Yeah. So it really would make a difference. Yeah, security-wise, too. I mean, yeah. you probably haven't had a security update that. I mean, the Chinese are probably already inside that. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> well, I, I kind of joke, but I'm not joking. Right, uh, I know. yeah. The, uh, if you look at uh, Reuters just did an uh, article about uh, how the Chinese have been hacking, hacking um, and getting into big, big companies like IBM uh, with their cloud. They literally went through. There's a whole. I'll, we'll post the Reuters story. It's. I'm not even going to talk about how scary it is. But they're literally have been hacking these big, big companies through their clouds for quite a while. So yeah. for them, we've had issues with uh, hackers into firewalls recently, with like the Russians going into these older firewalls because we don't upgrade anything. Yeah. And these guys are. Think about it. The Russians, they're using this old stuff. This is what they have. They're running this stuff because we've thrown it away. So they plug it in, they hack it, and then they come and connect to folks like you who are still running it. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, that's the kind of thing that you got to be careful with. So I'm kind of half joking, but I'm really not. Because if yeah. your password is admin or no, your password. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, what is your password? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, didn't, do I need to spend the higher end on those routers? Like, because it seems like they're pretty expensive. The new uh, 250 would be a good number. Really? Uh, wow. to, yeah, I mean, if you look at the one I recommend a lot is the Linksys ACS 1900. I'm not even sure if it's still available. That's what I'm running. Okay. Um, and uh, but there's others out there that you can get in that same range. Uh, you know, Cisco Linksys flavor. I, I want to say I spent about 200 on that thing. Yeah. Uh, works great and it's current enough and it gets updates still. Yeah, uh, I'll be probably changing it soon. Yeah, but okay. you should spend some good money. Basically, it's the firewall. It's it's the deadbolt between you and the planet. Without a firewall, your internet company is right up against your computers, which right. means your bad guys are right up against your systems. Right. So you want to make sure that's at least secure with a good password. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. That uh, AC1900 is $152 at Best Buy. Oh, good. They've come down a lot. Yeah, one seventy nine ninety nine at link uh, on the Linksys site. The ACS1900? ACS. Yeah, yep. that's the exact one I have. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's good to know, too. Yeah. All right, Matt. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. Have yeah, a good day. You too. Good luck. All right, thanks. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. 
All right. We're going to step out for a quick break and get back to more of your calls. We're here till 11 o'clock. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock. Then Dr. Leslie will be in with uh, Healthy Rounds. So stick around with that. Real quick thing I wanted to bring up. Target. Target forgot how to practice capitalism last uh, weekend, um, believe it or not. If you were in Target stores a couple of times for a couple of hours, they were not able to process any transactions. Yes, not just one store, not two, not 20. Globally, they couldn't process a transaction. They literally could not practice capitalism. Why is this? Well, because they don't seem to subscribe to something that was created in the 1970s called distributed computing, whereby you could actually process and have your functions happen on local servers and then batch those information, you know, those transactions up to the mothership if you want to later. They are connected, obviously, by one omnipresent connection known as the cloud. I would suspect, yeah. And it was down. I mean, when I was a kid, I could hop on my bike and ride to Caldor. Yes, there was something called the Caldor way back when. And I buy my candy bar with what? Hard currency. I whip out my quarter. Yes, it only cost a quarter. And you buy whatever you're buying. They could practice capitalism all day in the dark. They could have a power outage and sell me a candy bar. Now, you connect to the cloud, and globally, your entire company can't practice capitalism. Cost them $50 million. Some IT guys' heads got to roll. Because, I mean, we work with a large uh, yeah, retailer. Look at the money they saved. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> we work with a large retailer in our client base, and in every one of their stores. They can practice capitalism all day long if they're not connected to the Internet. Come on, guys. How do you not be able to practice capitalism? I mean, they couldn't even take cash. That's my point. (laughs) You couldn't do anything. They're literally telling people you can come in and browse, but we can't process anything. You can't buy anything. Look, but you can't buy. (laughs) I'm not making it up. I'll put the link up there for you. It is kooky crazy in this day and age. Let's go to, uh, but this progress... (laughs) Progress right out of business. Let's go to Barbara in Tallinn, Mass. I didn't even know there was a Tallinn, Mass, Barbara. How are you? I'm doing fine, and you? Good. I have a computer problem. I, my fire, my, I get a message every couple of days from Firefox. Yeah. And it tells me Firefox is already running but not responding. The old, fire pro, old Firefox process must be closed to open a new window. And yep. then I have either close Firefox or cancel. Yep. And I've been hitting close. And it's still, it keeps coming back every couple of days. Have you rebooted? Uh, I, yeah, I shut the computer down every night. Okay. Have you updated your Firefox in a while? It tells me I'm running the latest version. All right. Uh, do you have Chrome? <laughs> <laughs> Do yes, you have I another have, browser? Uh, yeah, I have, I have Chrome, and I also have Internet Explorer. And obviously Chrome works fine. Somehow you're double-clicking or running a process on Firefox twice or three times or something. It's it's hanging up on your machine. How old is the machine? Uh, 13. 13 years old or year 2013? 2013. Okay, Adele. it's getting up there. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's causing it off the top of my head. But something obviously is happening where the where Firefox is hanging. Um I guess all I can tell you is you have to keep closing the process, which I know seems like a silly thing. Are you running Windows 7? Yes, I am. Yeah. 
I know. I have to update to 10 pretty soon. Yeah, and you're not going to do it on that computer anyways because of its age. Go ahead, Bob. I, I have a fix uh, that we can put on All right, Bob's got a fix that we can put up there for you. Okay. At computertalkwithtab.com. We'll put a fix that you can try it. We're not promising anything, but it might work. Okay, it's just annoying every couple of days. I hear you. I hear you, Barbara. Welcome to computing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what else can you do? Exactly. Well, we'll put a link and you can try something else. All right? Okay, great. All right. Thank you guys very much. Thank you for calling, Barb. Bye. All right, bye-bye. I want to thank all you guys for joining us on this lovely Saturday morning. I want to thank Mike G for posting everything live. I want to thank Matt Miller for calling in and telling about his Sim Swap horror story. If you missed it, it is on the podcast over at computertalkwithtab.com. We will podcast it for you. You can catch it. It's a scary story. See you next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. T Mobile.com.